2: The NBA semifinals, the final four, are in action right now down in the bubble in Disney. Almost perfect timing Uh, when we booked uh, Matt Moore from The Athletic to join us tonight to talk some NBA. We didn't know where tonight's game was going to be at. It's at halftime, so that's absolutely perfect. So Matt Moore can fill in the blanks for us as to what happened in the first half between the Lakers and the Nuggets. How are you tonight, Matt? Doing well, man. How are you? Good. Uh, Again, watching a game while trying to host a show isn't always the easiest thing to do. Uh, I know LeBron James leads the Lakers with 20 points at half here, but the Lakers are actually a minus when he's on the floor, and that's what I was gathering. I just looked at the box score. It seemed like they did just as well with him on the bench as when he was in the game, is my assessment of the first half accurate?
0: Yeah, well, I I think they shot poorly in the first half. They shot 32% in the first half. They're already up to 50%. A lot of it, honestly, was the Nuggets bench. Uh, A bench unit with Mason Plumlee, uh, who actually guarded LeBron quite well, forced him into a contested fadeaway three, um, put some pressure on him physically. They actually played really good defense. The Nuggets bench stepped up and had a big run there with Jokic on the bench. But then Jokic comes in, so they use Dwight Howard in his first stint, and the Lakers push it behind Alex Caruso and Dwight frustrating Jokic and and that kind of activity when LeBron was on the bench. So, I mean, I think overall you've got to be satisfied here with the Lakers. I think the Nuggets played really well in the first half, and they're down 10, which kind of tells you about the matchup here um, as much as it does about the differential and, and how good the teams are.
2: Speaking of matchups, that's why I thought that this series could be lopsided, and it's not yet. Lakers win one game handily. If they get this one and go up 2-0, we're going to be bordering on uh, a mismatch. I thought there was a mis- individual mismatch in that the Nuggets really don't have anyone to match up against LeBron. You mentioned that Plumlee made a uh, couple of plays in a couple of possessions, but LeBron did get 20 in the first half. Um, is there anything that they can pull out of their bag of tricks—zones or uh, doubling or anything—to slow LeBron down? I think they have. Like, he only had 15
0: in game one. Like, he didn't have a dominant performance. He's got 20 in this game because he's LeBron James. Like, I think they're actually playing him pretty well. Torrey Craig's done a really good job on him. Like I said, Mason Plumlee's given him some good looks. They're, they're doing what they need to. Their bigger problem is with the big. Their, their problem is with the big and in transition. And one of the issues is that even when the Nuggets – whenever you look at transition, everyone just goes, like, you got to get back. What are you doing? Get back. The Nuggets are back. And – The problem is the Lakers are just longer and more athletic. And so when they're just pushing the ball and LeBron's just tossing outlet passes off the rebound, they're able to get one-on-two situations versus a smaller defender or two smaller defenders. Like, Antavious Caldwell-Pope had a really, you know, like he just got the – he caught the ball on an outlet pass on a long leak out and then got fouled because the defense was back, but there's nothing they can really do. And then you combine that with how the bigs are able to play Jokic and then Davis is going to give you a certain amount there's nothing the Nuggets can look at and take away like that. You can limit LeBron. You can do what you can make him work, but you're not going to stop him. He's LeBron. So they have to find things that can take away and they can't, they don't really have the matchup capability to take anything away. And that to me is why I'm not sure the Nuggets can get back in the series, even though I picked them over the Clippers last round.
2: Fair enough. We're talking to Matt Adams from uh, Matt Moore from the action network, and uh, BA insider here with us on CBS sports radio. Um, I was a little surprised by Jamal Murray's comments after game one. He waited till after the Lakers had handled them in game number one to say, yeah, nobody wants us here. Nobody thought we were beating the Jazz. Nobody thought we were beating the Clippers. We're the underdog. Nobody really wants to watch us play in the Western Conference Finals. A little with the woe is us. If you're going to go there, you got to go there before the series starts. You can't do it after you get handled in game number one. Frustration? Uh, sense of trying to get inside the Lakers' head? Why do you think Jamal Murray said what he did after the Lakers handily won game number one?
0: Well, I got to correct you, man, because that guy's been saying that pretty much every single round. He said that okay. consistently pretty much all the time. He said after the, the Clippers series, he said people need to put some respect on our names and nobody's nobody expects us to be here. And Michael Malone's been preaching that like, They've they've relished the opportunity to play spoiler. They've been consistent with that. I think Murray's comments that were more notable after Game One were just about the officiating, which is like a huge problem for Denver. That just they're not going to get a favorable whistle in the series. There was no chance of them getting a favorable whistle in the series. And when they're up against such a, a bad matchup for them in general, versus it's a bad matchup versus a team that's better than them, and they're going to get a bad whistle. That's a lot of frustrating things for a team that's fought pretty hard to get you.
2: All right, if you're telling me Jamal Murray stayed consistent, thank you for the correction, but you got your ass kicked game one. Now you're going to go, nobody really wants us here. I'd worry more about why you got your butt kicked in the first game than the respect that you are or aren't getting from the rest of basketball nation. But that's just me. All right, uh, I do want to ask you a LeBron James question. I'm a huge fan, always defend him. Uh, There are... LeBron detractors and LeBron defenders, and I fall heavily into the defender category. But I did not do so after his comments, after game number one, when he made a big deal and said it pissed me off that I only got 16 first place votes for MVP and Giannis Antetokounmpo got 85. What are the voters supposed to do? They're supposed to pick one player. They're not supposed to balance it out so it's close between the top two competitors. You get an individual ballot, and then you fill it out, and the votes fall the way that they fall. I thought it came off looking petty and small for LeBron. How about you?
0: Yeah, I just don't really understand it, especially, like, I would understand it better if his case was better, but it's not. Like, part of it is he tried to argue, like, well, you know, the narrative is what drives the MVP award. And I'm like, man, the only reason anybody would vote for you over Giannis in the regular season is narrative. Like, the voters that voted for LeBron, if you ask them, they're like, well, he's 38. And it's like, what? Like, no, like, he's 35. Like, wh- what? Like, no, that's not got nothing to do with this. Like, him being 35 has got nothing to do with this in year 17. Like, that's not relevant to this no. conversation. It's about how you played on the court. And then it's like, well, you know, he took this Lakers franchise that has so glorious and has fallen to such bad times. That's got nothing to do with it either. You don't get more reward for taking a glittery market. Back to, the, back to the Western Conference Finals. Like, and you're not even supposed to factor in the Western Conference Finals in the playoffs. You're not able to. You voted before. Right. It was ridiculous. I get it. I understand that he wants more MVPs because it puts him more up there with the all-time greats. I think he's worthy of having another one. But, look, man, like I pour a ton of time in MVP. Like I spend hours going through every single possession to try and get who I think is the right guy right. And I am just here to tell you, Giannis was the MVP. And if you're like, well, look at the playoffs, if the regular season mirrors the reg- the playoffs better, maybe we won't have this problem. To me, that's the big issue.
2: And he can win the finals MVP and become the first ever person to win it for three separate teams. will go a long way to adding to his legacy. Uh, I didn't like the stance he took the other up- night. And I, I said this here last night on CBS Sports Radio. If he wanted to take a shot, if he just felt like needed to get something off his chest, take a shot at Chris Stein from the Minneapolis Tribune who voted him third. It was Giannis and LeBron, 1-2. How anyone else, and in this case it was James Harden, got a vote above either of those two is ludicrous. He had an open target, which people would have said, yeah, you got a point there, LeBron. Instead, he went to margin of victory in the MVP voting, which I thought was pretty damn foolish. All right, let's jump over to the Eastern Conference. Celtics in a must-win position last night, did what they had to do, got to W, but once again... Fritted away a pretty big lead. Got it down to five or six with under a minute to go in the game. They certainly were able to hold on last night. What is it about the Celtics and giving up these big leads? I think part of it is their play style is so function. It's so reliant on discipline, and
0: they have a pretty short rotation, right? And it's pretty unbalanced. It's all perimeter dudes. Kemba and Jalen and Jason Tatum uh, and Gordon Hayward and Marcus Smart. Like, that's the five. And so you don't have, like – you can't have a big man, like, carry you for a few minutes with a few buckets. Like, Tyson will get a few buckets on rolls and stuff like that, but you don't have anything you can really go to. Like, you don't have anything established. Like, all right, we're going to run pick and roll with these two, and that's our bread and butter, like Jokic and Murray. Like, they just have to keep grinding through these these games, and they play high-level defense. So I think that their exhaustion gets them a little bit. And Miami's really good about – this has been their biggest thing – they're, in all three games of this series, they've been really good about sensing when the Celtics let up. Because I'll just tell you right now, the Celtics out, have outplayed them in all three games. They have played better for the course of the game. And what happened was, when the Celtics played badly, the Heat played awesome. Like, not good, not pretty good, not took advantage, like, rolled. Hit all their shots, made brilliant passes, played with urgency. They hit them the minute their, their guard let down. And I think that after that seven-game series versus Toronto, Boston's a little gassed. And so the big thing for them with this break is going to be if they come back and they're able to play four good quarters, I think they're going to win game four and and tie this thing up. I think Boston's the better team in the series. I think Miami has taken advantage of, of situations that make it appear a lot differently than the series has actually played out.
2: Last question. How much does getting Hayward back help with that exhaustion that you talked about from the grinding series against Toronto? It's huge.
0: Not just because of getting another guy that they can rotate in. It's also it's getting another guy that can bust the zone by driving and kicking. He's a really good passer. He's safe with the ball. He's a guy you can trust. And having another guy that can do that, so you can shorten your rotation even more from the bench guys, has been massive. I, it's another reason why I think Boston goes on to win this
2: series still. So it's going to be uh, old-time basketball, Lakers and Celtics in the NBA final? I think so. I'm good with that. I can, If you need me to sign up for that right now, go ahead. I'll uh, put the paper in front of me. I'll sign, and I think it will be well-earned by both teams on both sides. Matt, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks much for hopping on with us tonight. Thanks, man. Take care.